Welcome to another week of Coffee and Conversations here at Village Bible Church. Coffee and Conversations aims to answer difficult questions and address hard topics using a biblical perspective. So we use God's Word as our guide and as our truth as we walk through this life together. And I'm just so excited to sit down with you today and look at what God's Word has to tell us about our struggles and our doubts and our questions. So go ahead and grab a cup of coffee and come join us and let's dive in. <laughs> Alright, so the reason that I asked you guys the perfume <laughs> ethical question, that's what it, I found it on, it on the internet. It was called perfume ethics. And the reason that I asked you guys that is because there's really no right or wrong answer to the way that you do that, right? Like, it's not a sin if you tell your friend, hey, I'm allergic to that perfume. And it's not a sin if you keep it a secret, right? It's like a gray area. And that's what we're going to go over today is gray areas in our faith when the Bible isn't black and white in some of the questions that we are faced with in our life. So before we begin, I would like to pray, um, and then we're going to open up to our first passage and dive in. Um, So pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for this beautiful morning, even though it's a little chillier than the rest of the mornings that we've had, Lord. Thank you for waking waking all of us up today and just bringing us here. I pray that your word speaks to us today, that... um, we are guided to pursue you more and to love you more. I pray for all these women, God, that you would just meet them where they're at. Would you reveal yourself to them, and would you guide them in your truth? In your name I pray. Amen. All right, so go ahead and open up your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians 10, 23-31. Um, and as you are flipping there, I'm going to, going to explain to you kind of like the context of this passage. So this is a really important passage when it comes to answering gray areas in our faith. Um, And so we're going to be referencing this passage a lot today, and also this is just a good passage to keep in mind for the rest of your life as you're presented with questions that maybe you won't be able to answer black and white right away. So Paul is writing the book of 1 Corinthians to the church in Corinth, and Corinth is a very terrible city full of lots of sin and evil and darkness. And so the church in Corinth is trying to live a holy life. They're trying to pursue Christ and live for him and um, make disciples in a place that is really hard. So it's kind of like us today, right? Like we're trying to be disciples. We're trying to follow the Lord in a place that is filled with a lot of sin and darkness. And sometimes there's a lot of things that we have to decide that aren't black and white. So one of these decisions that the church has to make is what they're going to do with food sacrifice to idols. So people would sacrifice food to idols and then sell it in the market. And so the church people had to decide, do I buy that food and eat it, or do I not buy it? And the problem was that it was because it was sacrificed to idols. And so part of the church is saying, yes, I will eat that food because an idol, like I know idols aren't real. I know that they are empty. So they're offering these food to, like, to nobody. And Christ died for my sins, and so, and I don't live under the old covenant anymore, so I can eat whatever I want, and they would eat that food. And that wasn't wrong. And then the other side of the church was saying, no, because the food is sacrificed to idols, it's dirty, because idols are wrong, like, have no idols before me, and they would not eat it. And so it would put this separation between these two groups and divide them. And the crazy part is, neither side is wrong, right? Neither side is sinning, because Christ did free us. We don't have to live under any rules that tell us what we can and can't eat. And at the same time, it's not wrong to choose not to eat something because your conscience tells you better not. Um... So let's take a look at what Paul says, how they should approach it. So can I get someone to read that entire passage, um, 1 Corinthians 10, 23 through 31? 
I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have, the, I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Eat anything sold in the meat market without raising questions of conscience, for the Lord, or, sorry, for the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. If an unbeliever invites you to a meal and you want to go, eat whatever is put before you without raising questions of conscience. But if someone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice, then do not eat it, both for the sake of the one who told you and for the sake of conscience. I am referring to the other person's conscience, not yours. For why is my freedom being judged by another's conscience? If I take part in the meal with thankfulness, why am I denounced because of something I thank God for? So whether you eat, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Awesome. Thank you, Andrea. So in verse 23, Paul says, All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. What does Paul mean by this? saying like there can be real there can be like rules around everything but they might not actually help you figure out what's right or wrong yeah just because of the rule yeah just because there's a rule doesn't mean that shows if it's right or wrong yeah what else might he be saying i guess he also means that um there's like things the law says you can do but like won't actually do anything for us like mm -hmm. kind of what she said Yeah, but maybe just like like there's things that the law allows us to do, yeah. but maybe we shouldn't do them mm -hmm. in a certain circumstance. Yeah, so it's kind of like what Macy said, but a little yeah. like flipped. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's exactly right. Um, which is so true. Like we can look at our lives today and be like, I am permitted to eat a bag of chips, but am I going to eat a bag of chips in the middle of a church service? No. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm free to eat a bag of chips whenever I want. But I'm not going to do it when so I'm in a church funny. service. <laughs> Especially sun row. chips. You know, like sun chips, like the crinkly. The crinkly. <laughs> the just come over and be like, you'd be like, um, not lawful. <laughs> <laughs> so Paul has a very simple solution to this in verse 24. What does he say that we should do? Seek the good of others. Yes. Seek the good of others. Okay, Paul, seek the good of others. What does that mean? Okay. <laughs> Paul's always telling us to live selfless lives and like all we do. And it comes to even what we what like we do in our freedom as well. Like what the law permits us to do, what the Bible allows us to do. We also have to decide, okay, will this benefit someone else? Um, which is so interesting, right? Because we're given this freedom and we think, oh, it's about me. But it's actually not about, like our freedom isn't even about us. It's about other people and it's about the Lord. Um, and verse 29 shows us why people think differently. Well, I guess this whole like middle section, 25 through 29, tells us why people think differently. But why do you think people have different opinions or different convictions? They have like different backgrounds and influences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Different stories, different backgrounds. And I'm like thinking differently, so my process to get to a solution is gonna be different than yours. Yeah. So I mean, with every situation that comes up, it's gonna be the same way. Right, we never view it the same way. Right. And even if your end goal is the same, like the way I get to an answer might be different from the way you get to an answer. Yeah. So it's not, it's yeah. not gonna be the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and God's a personal God, right? And if we all have the Holy Spirit in us, and we're all 
like come from different backgrounds or have different stories or have different struggles and have different ways of thinking, then the Holy Spirit is going to guide us to different answers in different ways. Um, all in truth. But sometimes our conscious might um, be different than another. Um, and that doesn't mean all the time that someone else is sinning just because they're doing something different than you. Um, it doesn't mean that you're sinning just because you're doing something different than someone else. It's all about like what the Holy Spirit is guiding you to do and what the Bible is telling you to do as well. So as we walk through this life, we are bound to come across questions, decisions that we must answer and choose, similar to the church in Corinth. Um, and we always say, like, just follow the word of God, right? Like, stick to the word of God. Um, so, but the word of God doesn't always make things black and white, right? It doesn't say, thou shalt not eat chips in church because it will be loud. Like, <laughs> 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 we, we come to those conclusions. <laughs> Yeah, but how do we come to the conclusion that eating chips is wrong in church? We look back to passages like this one that says, like, consider others more important to yourself as yourself, or Philippians 2, where it says, like, in all things, consider others more important than yourselves. And we think, I want to eat chips right now, but I'm going to wait till I get in my car and I'm by myself so other people can listen to the sermon um, and not be distracted by my son chips. <laughs> um, so what are some of the things that the Bible is straightforward on, where it says, that's a sin, don't do that? Murder. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't murder. What else? What else is it like black and white? Don't do this. Or do do this. Don't lie. Don't lie. Yes. Don't steal. Don't steal. Um, don't have any other gods. Mm, no idols. What are the things that the Bible like tells us to do, like commands that we're supposed to follow? To love everyone. To love everyone. The most important command. Yeah, so the Bible is definitely black and white in certain areas. And when it's black and white, we should be like, okay, I will do that, right? Because <laughs> if God takes the time to make things clear for us, then there's a reason for that. Um, what are some of the things the Bible is not clear on? Maybe things that you have thought about or things that, today as you sit here and think, you're like, I don't know if the Bible has a yes or no answer for this. You don't know? That's okay. That's okay. We have four, I have four questions for us today that are kind of gray areas. Um, and we'll talk about those later. But... Yeah, there definitely are gray area questions. And if you don't have any now, I assure you that as you like walk through your Christian life, there will be lots of them. Um, and they're all great questions, and none of them are straightforward. Um, and my hope today is to evaluate some of these questions and give you a step-by-step -step process, as you see on this board, six questions to help you, um, as a guide, to help you answer these gray area questions in your life. But first, let's begin by reminding ourselves that Christianity is not about following rules, right? We don't... Um, we're not saved through our works. You can work tirelessly every single day. You can work in an orphanage 12 hours a day. You can serve the people around you um, every waking moment and think that you're doing everything right. But if you don't know Jesus, then it's all for nothing. And you will get to heaven and God will be like, I never knew you. We have to know Jesus. We have to know that we are a sinner, that we cannot achieve our salvation on our own, that our righteousness is but filthy rags before an almighty God. Um, and that we have to receive Christ, Jesus Christ as our Savior. And that amazing grace that we receive where we realize, I don't deserve 
this life. I don't deserve this grace. That compels us to live a life where we say, everything I do, I want to do it for the glory of God, and I want him to be the center of it. Um, so what we're going to talk about today, as you answer these questions, I hope that you build this upon a foundation of grace, not a foundation of I have to do this in order to make God happy, because God already loves you no matter what you do. So, um, yeah, I hope that you're motivated to pursue a life of holiness because of the grace you have received. So let's think back to what before Jesus came. Um, what kind of rules did God's people have to follow in the Old Testament before Jesus came to the scene? Lots of sacrifices. Yes. Why do they have to do sacrifices? Since Jesus hadn't come to die on the cross yet. Yeah. So they had to like make that picture with like animal sacrifices. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of rules did they break that they had to make those sacrifices? Like what kind of rules were laid out for them? What do you mean? Like um, the rules of the Old Testament are like a lot more strict. Like they only wear clothing of like yeah. one material kind of thing? Yeah, like they would like, you have to wear this clothing. If you do anything on the Sabbath, yeah, like, yeah. Um, then that's a sin. And uh, they did have rules about what they could eat. Like the I don't yeah, remember the specifics. Yeah, they could only eat like certain types yeah. of meat at certain times. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was very very strict. Um, and why why did God give them such strict rules that they couldn't even follow? Why would He do that? To No matter what the expectation is, they can't do it by themselves. Yeah, yeah. He was like setting the stage for Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. He wasn't saying, ah, oh, look at you, you can't follow these rules. He yeah. was saying, look at you, you can't follow these rules, you need <laughs> me, you need a site, like look you need a <laughs> Yeah, it was all about his tone, really. <laughs> um, but he was preparing the stage for Jesus, getting um, his people ready to receive the ultimate sacrifice. And then I feel like the other thing is like to set them apart yes. from other people too. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, we do that today, too, right? We, we still have that pattern in Christianity. So this is called the Old Covenant. All the rules and sacrifices and how they had to have a, a priest in order to get to God because there's no way for them to get to God without someone else standing in the middle. Um, all of this is found in the Old Testament. This is called the Old Covenant. Um, but we live, in an amazing we live in an amazing time called the New Covenant. Um, meaning we are no longer bound to the rules of the Old Testament because Jesus came. So turn with me in your Bibles to Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34. This is one of my favorite passages in the entire Bible. I think it is so, it's just like so beautiful because this is before Jesus came. And um, the Lord is speaking to Jeremiah and he's saying, I'm sending a Messiah and get ready. It's, it's going to be amazing. And we read this today and we're living in this. Um, so I'll, I'll read it for us real fast. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke, although I was their husband, declared the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And I no longer shall teach each one, and no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each brother, saying, "Know the Lord," for they shall know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. And I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. So this prophecy, like we're living in this, we are New Testament believers. 
Um, Jesus came and fulfilled the new covenant, and therefore we, as people that trust in Jesus, this prophecy is about us, um, which is amazing. So many Old Testament believers longed to live in the new covenant, and we have that privilege today. Um, so as New Testament believers, we have a lot of freedom and liberty because of Christ. Um, however, that doesn't change the fact we are called to live differently than the world. We're not bound to rules, right? Our, our faith isn't based on rules. Um, we don't want to fall into legalism. Can anyone explain what legalism is? It's like thinking that you can like work your way to righteousness through rules. Yeah. Following all of it. Yeah. Have any of you guys felt like it ever in your life you have drifted into a more legalistic mindset about faith? Maybe, maybe not. What do you think it would feel like to have that burden of I have to work every day for my faith? Probably really stressful. Yeah, <coughs> stressful. You feel like anxious. Yeah. Like maybe doing all things right. Yeah, it feels really heavy is when I picture that. Well, it's like adding one more thing you have to work for, right? You work for, like, money so you can mm -hmm. eat. So you have a place to live so you can clothe yourself. And, like, if you have a relationship, you work for that. And you, like, work for, like, that's adding your faith in the things you have to do just to prove what you believe. Yeah. On top of everything <laughs> else that you're already doing. Yeah. I cannot imagine it. Yeah. It would be nuts. Yes. And we fall into it so easy because... I don't know, like we don't do our devotions one day and we're like, oh, God probably hates me. Um, when he doesn't, it's not about the, how, like, it's not about the rules, it's not about following the things. Um, and we as humans like structure, so we, we aim for legalism, but we have to find a balance between legalism and liberty. Um, so we also don't want to fall into the free to sin mindset, um, which is a very popular mindset nowadays. I don't know if you guys watched The Bachelorette last season, but Hannah Brown was famous for saying, um, I can have sex, but Jesus will still love me, um, which is so contradictory. Um, well, it's not contradictory. Jesus does love her, but it was just like her way of saying, I'm free to sin because Jesus loves me. Um, so go ahead and turn in your Bibles with me. Well, actually, Macy, could you read 1 Peter 2.16? And then, Andrea, could you read Galatians 5, 13 through 14? I won't make everyone. Sorry. Verse Jeremiah. Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34. Was that an accident? That was an accident. Sorry, Macy, I caught you off guard. Do you have it, Andrea? Yeah. All right. Galatians 5, 13 through 14. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Awesome. And then Macy, once you're, is it after Ephesians? Uh, yeah. Philippians? It's it's after towards like the very back. After the Thessalonians. Yeah. After the Timothys. Yep. It should be coming up soon. <laughs> right after, after Hebrews. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Hebrews, James. Yes. Is it first and second Peter? Yeah. Okay. I'm like singing the song. I memorize the song, guys. <laughs> Sorry, I okay, I, I meant okay. to have you guys. What's get the this ready. Um, 1 Peter 2, 16. Okay. It's the smallest verse ever. Address? <laughs> the address. Yeah, the first address. Oh, yeah. Okay, 16. Yes, please. As free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bond servants of God. Good job. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. I was all the work. <laughs> 
<laughs> seven more. <laughs> Sorry. It was still a great verse, though. Thank you for reading. You're, you're so welcome. <laughs> yeah. So, um, why, why shouldn't we use our freedom as an excuse to sin? receive the grace of Jesus all of a sudden the things like the sin and the like the things of this world all of a sudden like lose their flavor right because we taste like how amazing the grace of God is all of a sudden you don't want to do all the things that maybe you used to do or the things that the people around you are doing because you're like Jesus is so much better Um, but yeah do you guys know have you guys heard that kind of like mindset before where people are like no I can do it Jesus loves me have you guys heard that have you fallen into it yourself? I have. <laughs> Sometimes when I give into temptation, I'm like, it's fine. I'll just ask for forgiveness tomorrow. <laughs> like, like, honestly, that's where my heart goes sometimes. And I fall into this. And it's just a constant battle of, like, walking the line between legalism and liberty. We have to, we have to praise God for the fact that he has saved us, but not fall into the rules and think that that saves us. We have to just constantly be aware where we stand um, and what God's grace means for us Um, so yeah we're going to be using a lot of scripture when addressing these I I have four gray area questions and we're going to use these six questions to answer them so buckle in it's going to be so fun and I'm going to be using a lot of scripture still because I think that the word of God is powerful like we read last time we met uh, 2 Timothy 3.16 and Hebrews 4.12. Also, I want to throw this out there. If you guys memorize these two verses, I will buy you a cup of coffee. I'll buy you any cup of coffee you want. Memorize these two verses and like you can say them to me or we can just do honor code, whatever you want. No honor code. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll go, actually no, you'll have to come up here and say it for the broadcast, for the podcast. Okay. <laughs> and I will buy you a cup of coffee and I'll bring it to you on a Saturday morning or anytime I see you during the week. Because I think that these verses are so important. Um, And they both speak on how powerful the word of God is and how we can use it throughout our life and anything we go to, go through, or go, like, any question we have. Um, We always don't believe that the word of God is enough. Sometimes it's the last thing that we go to. Um, But God has given us everything we need within these pages to navigate the questions of this life. And he's also given us the Holy Spirit, which is going to lead us every step of the way. So with the help of the word of God and the spirit of God, I think we can answer any question that comes our way. So these six questions, it was really hard for me to pick six because I had like a list of 12 questions in my notebook. Oh my gosh. Um, and so I had to narrow them down um, of questions that we can use to air, answer gray area questions. But number one, why do I want to do this? So this is a heart check because the heart is deceitful above all else. So we have to check, check our hearts. Um, number two, does the Bible speak on this? Because quite often it does. It says something about something that we have a question over that we can use to navigate. Number three, will it harm me or others? And I got this from Philippians 2, 2 through 4, where it says, above all things, consider, in all things, consider others as more important than yourselves. And number four, will it hinder another person or my witness? 
number five, is this something Jesus would do? So what would Jesus do? Uh, this comes from 1 Peter 2, 21 through 24, where Peter tells us that we need to imitate Christ because he suffered and died for us to save us, so now we are called to imitate his life. And then the final question, the most important one, which comes from what we read the, um, at the beginning, 1 Corinthians 10, 31, will this glorify God? Can you see this, Andrea? I had to run back. Okay. So I need like a rotating whiteboard. You good, you good. Those are the, the six questions we'll be using to answer these four questions. So yeah, you guys ready to hear these gray area questions? Yes. Number one, is it okay to cuss as a Christian? Um, this is like the first gray area question that comes to my mind, because I know lots of Christians that cuss. Um, I used to cuss before I was a Christian. But is it okay to cuss as a Christian? So question number one, and this is gonna be a lot of dialogue, so like I'm gonna be asking you guys these questions, we're gonna be talking about it. But question number one, why why would we want to cuss? Probably to like, especially like when if you have like friends that do, mm -hmm. like that's what you want to do. Just like feel like you're like them. Yeah. Or um, you feel like there's no other way to like get your message across, like how you feel, I guess, you might yeah. want to use use it. Yeah. Stuff like that's around you a lot. Maybe your family cusses a lot, and so it's just kind of like something that you grew up with. You're around a lot. They're also super like cuss words, especially once you get in the habit of saying them. Like if once you get out of, because I cuss a lot in college. Oh, who cares? <laughs> but um, once you get started cussing, like they feel different coming out of your mouth. So it feels it's like sharper and it like gets your point across. Mm -hmm. You know. However you use whatever form of whatever word it is, it like you stick it there, but then like after a while you realize, well this isn't really intelligent. I could find a different word that exactly conveys. But once you get started it like tastes kind of fun coming out of your mouth. Yeah. And like, ha -ha! Yeah. Whatever you say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. It like has more of an emphasis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, any other thoughts on why why we're led to cuss? If you talk really yeah, sometimes it comes out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or you like stub your toe or something. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes it doesn't like it's not even conscious, it just like slips out. Um Cece, could I have you turn to Ephesians four twenty nine? And then Emily, could I have you turn to Psalm nineteen fourteen? And so these are two verses that I found to answer our second question. What does the Bible does the Bible speak on this? Um, so what does the Bible say about <clears throat> our words? Because they didn't have like the F word back in Jesus' day. So, but they probably had other not nice words. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But like, never in like Paul's letters was he like, "Dear Church of Corinth, don't say the F word." <laughs> um, but there's other things that it says about our words. So, Cece, once you're ready, if you could read 419, 429, sorry, okay. of Ephesians. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. That's awesome. And then Emily, was it 1914? Yes. Okay. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So after reading those two verses, what does the Bible say about our words? 
words are very powerful right and cuss words are powerful like you said yeah they get another yeah and also so we're going through james in our like young family saga and we just did james 3 which talks a lot about um taming the tongue and all that stuff and there's stuff like this all over the bible but um so the three examples he gives about the tongue are that it's a it's like a little rudder on a ship that it's like um, like a little bit in a horse. We can turn the horse. Um, but the tongue is also like a spark in a fire. And I thought, that's my favorite one because that words are like fire. Like once they're freed or like once they're started, like once you get it going, you can't take it back, right? So like once I set fire to this wall, it's gone, right? Like I can't get the, the wall back. I have to like completely destroy it and rebuild it. And that's, I mean, that's the way our words are. And so if we're willing to use words that are that destructive, Christ-like. Mm-hmm. So it shouldn't be that way, right? If we're turning the horse or lighting fire or whatever we're doing, it should be uplifting. Yeah. It should be turning the horse toward water, not toward fire, right? Mm-hmm. It should be good. Yeah. I like what you said about, like, whatever we say, we can't take back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's out there. Whether we say it about someone else, like, if we're gossiping or mm-hmm. we're talking in a way that we shouldn't be talking. Or, yeah. Um, will cussing harm you or harm another? Yeah? Why do you say yes? Because usually when I hear people cuss, I, if they're either like talking bad about someone or saying something mean. So yeah. obviously like saying something mean about somebody that's just harming to others. Yeah. Or just saying something mean just makes you sound mean. So mm-hmm. that's kind of harming to you. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's interesting that usually when we're using it, it's not in the right context. It's not like when I'm singing a praise song to the Lord on Sunday morning, I'm saying like the S word and the D word and it's usually not the context that we use them in. Yeah. And also like anytime someone's cussing, there's like it's like really, really hard for it to ever be positive. Yeah. Hmm. Like even if they try to sound positive, like like if you're using it in a like it, it doesn't really sound. Like it, it doesn't really ever sound positive, even if they're trying. Yeah. You're also like if the only words you know how to use and only just scriptures you know how to use are cuss words, then you're like knocking yourself down a whole bunch of intelligence levels, right? Because you're way smarter than having a range of four words to describe everything in your life. Like, you can learn other words. You can say other things. You can wait the point two seconds it takes to get to the second word that comes to your brain instead of the first one. Mm-hmm. So, but once you get into that really, really heavy, then that's all that you know. Mm-hmm. <gasps> So it is, like, like what she said, it's really harmful. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a habit. It's a habit. Yeah. Um, will it hinder another person or will it hinder your witness? So you guys know what I mean when I say hinder your witness? Um, it means like if you are a Christian, people know that you go to church, people know you're a Christian, and you are actively trying to evangelize or spread the gospel, is it going to hinder people from listening to you or from wanting to maybe pursue Jesus because of the way you're living your life? So, like, let's use Andrea, for example. She leads a Bible study on Tuesday nights, which is amazing. But if Andrea was doing something that maybe I looked at and I was like, is that what a Christian does? I don't know if I'm going to be a Christian because Andrea does that. But she teaches on Tuesday nights. I would be like, I don't know if I want to listen to what Andrea has to say because I don't 
think of the way a Christian lives. Mm-hmm. So it would be hindering her witness because of the way that she was living. But Andrea isn't living like that. I listened very well to Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> She's a great teacher. <laughs> well, yeah, so that's what hinder your witness means. So would cussing hinder another person or hinder your witness? Yes. 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 If I was up here cussing, would you listen to me? We'd probably all just like stop the whole thing and be like, Riley, what's happening? <laughs> you, you good? <laughs> you got Air Force Ones and you fell off the train. <laughs> yeah, it's those darn Air Force Ones. <laughs> um, what would would Jesus say these words? Definitely not. No. no. You, don't, you don't see no. Jesus sitting around the table with his buddies saying those words? Even at his angriest, he doesn't say mm-hmm. these words. He yeah. like flips tables and says, what are you doing? And yeah. like, he doesn't go around people. He's like, I'm yeah. so angry. Yeah. 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 I'll stay around the table with me just so I can flip yeah. <laughs> Righteous anger. Um, and finally, will those words glorify God? Definitely not. No. Definitely not. Um, but on another note, should we judge people that cuss? No. I think that was really hard. We should love them still. If they're a close Christian, like sister or brother to us, um, and when I say sister or brother, I just mean someone that also believes in Christ, mm-hmm. not your actual sister or brother, but it could be. Um, but then, like, maybe that is a conversation you have with them, but sometimes it's not always our place to to convict someone else. Maybe it's our, just our place to share the gospel with them first and let God do the rest. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's the first gray area question. Would you guys say that cussing is kind of a gray area? Yeah. All right. Second gray area question. Um, can I listen to secular music and watch PG-13 or R-rated movies as a believer? This is a great question. I know. <laughs> and this is something that I have wrestled with so, so much. Because mm-hmm. I love John Bellion. And, like, all the great secular artists out there that write really great music. Um, So, yeah, let's try to... And also, just something to throw out there, we all have different convictions, right? So sometimes we're going to come to different answers. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not always our place to judge another Christian for some of these gray area questions. Um, Because, like we said before, everyone has different struggles and temptations or, like, mindsets. So we might come to different conclusions in this, and that's totally okay. Um, so why why do we want to listen to music that is not Christian, and why do we want to watch movies that aren't fireproof or I still believe or <laughs> God's not dead? <laughs> Those are the only three movies I watch, guys. <laughs> Just, Just on repeat. Also about Amazing the Finding Nemo is the only secular movie I watch. And I have to skip past the part where he touches the butt. It's not appropriate. Skip ahead, don't worry. Um, But yeah, why do we want to do that? Why do we want to listen to music and watch movies? Probably because like it's like it's a big part of like our culture, Mm -hmm. and like that's just like kind of like what you do. And like if it's like a lot of people are interested in it, and like there's so many. Yeah. That like watch and like experience. It's also yeah, like the like music is super fun. I don't know, like when I'm flipping through the radio station, sometimes you're like banging all the radio stations, like woo woo woo, and then you get to Caleb, and it's like, and you're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I was 
movie Elf all the time. Yeah. It is super yeah. fun. It's entertaining. Yeah, it's fun. It's entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why else? Why do you guys? Why do you guys turn on Netflix? Why do you guys turn on your headphones? Go to concerts. <laughs> I know I love um, being with people that enjoy the same things yeah, as I do. Like one of my favorite things is going to concerts with my friends. I love that. It's so fun. And sometimes they say bad words in their songs. Is that okay? Should I just leave? I don't know. Where were we? Can you sing the corny song? Yeah. <laughs> we're just covering my ears. Um, let's see. Uh, Maddie, can I have you turn to First John 2, 15-17? And then Sophie, could you turn to Philippians 4 8? First John what? Uh, 2 15 through 17. Oh, okay. Are you there? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, go ahead and read the Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of one's uh, and the pride in one's possessions is not from the Father, but it is from the world. And the world with its lust is passing away, but the one who does the will of God remains forever. Awesome. And then Sophie, could you read us the other verse? Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. All right, so what do these two verses have to say about the music we listen to and um, the movies that we watch? Basically telling us to, like, fill, fill ourselves with, like, what we want to put out. Like, mm -hmm. Fill ourselves with, like, good things um, because it will, like, come back to us. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of, like, looking at what we're about to watch and being like, hmm. <laughs> is, this, is this what I want to come out of me? What else do these verses say about what we fill our minds with? I think, like, the stuff that we're trying to fill our minds with, like, it's not going to be here forever. Like, mm -hmm. it's not, it's just, like, temporary. Like, I think about that a lot, like, this life is just temporary. A lot of stuff that people think is cool right now. Yeah. Um, it's, some of it's just dumb because it's not going to be here forever. And, like, everything that is glorifying to God is going to be forever, like, be for eternity. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great way to think about it. And it helps us in a lot of different situations, too, like, knowing that what we're doing right now is so momentary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, will watching fill-in-the-blank whatever you're watching or listening to harm you physically? Will it harm you? I don't know why I put physically. Typo. <laughs> uh, but will it harm you or another person? I think it can, but it doesn't always. Yeah. Yeah. Anything, yeah. anything not of God always has the potential to yeah. harm you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it, like, you might listen to a song and be like, hmm. I don't know. You might start on a train and end up somewhere where you shouldn't be, or. Yeah. So it probably won't come out and be like, yeah, I think that like if I think if it harms you, it probably harm you like slowly. Mm -hmm. Like say you're listening to like music that maybe shouldn't like maybe it's just not the best, like not the most uplifting, or 
Um, and that will like s- probably slowly like start to like change your opinion of your interests or stuff. And then it might harm people close to you by way of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, that's a really good way to say it. But I think it's probably gradual. Like it's not gonna be overnight. Yeah. Like, you're not gonna watch a movie and then the next day you're like a horrible person. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, Would you say that it's like you have to discern like what to put in? Like cause some, you have to discern like what to put in? Like cuz some movies they're going to be PG-13. I like I watch PG-13 movies. But there's some like other movies that I will not watch. Do you guys, like what do you guys think about that? Like letting some stuff in but keeping some stuff out. I don't know if some of our movies like this or not, but I think I think we kind of touched on it earlier some like and a yeah. movie that's okay for you to watch may, may not be okay for me to watch. Right. Um, so I think it's also very, uh, I guess, person to person type of thing. Right. Um, like, I personally don't listen to anything but like worship music and mm-hmm. some country music. Yeah. Just because I feel convicted to just not listen to other stuff. Yeah. But that doesn't mean like if you do listen to other stuff, that you're gonna fall into some sort of temptation or that you're a terrible. It's just a different conviction that they have. Right. And then when you look at your Christian friends that are listening to secular music, like, what, like, you don't judge them, right? right. Yeah. Because yeah. they're just a different, they're just a different person. Yeah. yeah. And your conviction right now is to listen to Christian music. Right. I'm personally convicted to not listen to country music. <laughs> um, but I will not, I will try my best not to judge you for yeah. having that <laughs> Watching this, whatever it is, or listening to this, hinder another person or hinder my witness? I think it can. Mm-hmm. Like if, um, I don't know, like like Maddie, like she's con- she said she's convicted to not listen to like a bunch of, a lot of different, different music other than like worship music and um, country music. Um, <laughs> and so like if she sees all of her Christian friends, like all of his secular music, and she like she like say like the beginning of like her walk and her faith, and she's like so confused. Mm. She's like, I don't get it. Like, I feel so convicted not to do this, but these people don't. Like, mm. I don't understand. Yeah, you know. Like, yeah, I'm like, that's kind of what happened before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would it have made it easier for you, like during that time, if like Emily or I, as your close friends, stepped beside you and said, "We'll join you and only listen to Christian music." Um, I think it, I'm not going to say no, because I think it might, like, it probably could, or it might have, um, but I think really just, 
it took me a while to learn that everyone has different convictions and everyone yeah. is just different. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to comparisons and not compare my walk with theirs mm-hmm. or my convictions with theirs. It's yeah. just very different. Yeah. It's a very personal subject. Yeah. yeah. And I guess ultimately it's hard to like see someone else like see what someone else is like listening to or watching from the outside and like judging them because it's just between them and God. Like the only mm-hmm. person that actually knows their heart and actually knows like what they're thinking as they listen to these things or watch these things or what they're being tempted by is only yeah. them and only God. Like mm-hmm. there's no way for you to know. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah, and that prevents us from judging someone else too, right? Yeah. It'd be so easy to fall into that. Yeah. Only the Lord can discern the heart. Um another Question, would Jesus watch this or listen to this? Would Jesus listen to Cardi B? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is it leg day? I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to give you guys questions to think about. <laughs> um, and will listening to this glorify God? In what ways have you seen like the secular like music and like film industry like help you have compassion for people? I feel like when I watch movies about people who struggle with things that I've never thought to struggle with, and that's something that makes yeah. me feel more empathetic. And or if it's something that my friends watch that I'm like, oh, I don't really like that, but I'll watch it to like try to understand you better. Then I can mm-hmm. understand my friends better and connect with them more. Yeah. And then that brings us God's grace. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I definitely think that like um, being at least being aware um, of other things going on like outside of like what we watch and listen to can really like help us understand the world better and like what people like people that aren't Christian like what they need I know it's kind of like a tool to help us uh, like understand other people so that we can best witness to them yes Hmm. Yes. that's really that's good yeah and something that I enjoy doing is I love looking up like lyrics for songs Mm -hmm. and that gives me a great amount of compassion for whoever wrote the song because like sometimes those songs are really sad and I like sometimes it just like leads me to pray for them because I'm like Lord like this artist like doesn't know you and like these song lyrics are really sad to me Um, and it just kind of gives us a window into what the world around us like Sophie said what they're struggling with I do think both of them said it is good to not completely close yourself off like you live under mm-hmm. a rocks and under a rocks I tried to say rock and box at the same time <laughs> if box. you live <laughs> under a rock or in a box or whatever and you just have no connection to anything secular that is going on anywhere in my just like I said my conviction I think you're missing out on so many opportunities like you guys said to be able to witness to people now does that mean you go watch every horror movie and graphic film and all these mm-hmm. things that are Definitely not. But I do think dabbling in things that are secular, having an awareness, knowing what's going on, or like, I haven't listened to this Cardi B song because I'm like, I just don't feel like it. But it's like, let's go look up the lyrics, like you said, to see what everyone's frustrated about, or Mm -hmm. I have nothing to do with it. But I think it's smart to have an awareness. 
so you know what you're going into every day when you go to school or go to work or whatever, so you know what culture you're walking into, because Jesus was aware of the cultures he was teaching. Yeah. You know, like, he didn't completely turn a blind eye to all the things they were doing, of course, he got angry when he needed to be angry, but he was fully aware of what was going on at all times. Yeah. But I think our first and primary source of filling ourselves up should be the good stuff, Hmm. the Christian stuff, the Disney Pixar film. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, if you find yourself wanting to watch, like, a raunchy film more than you want to be in the Word of God, then I say there's a problem. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I, yeah. Fill yourself up with the good stuff. Um, so I have two more questions. I don't know. Do you guys, do you guys want to walk through both questions, or should I just narrow it down to one? It's eleven oh six. We could continue continue them next week, but next week, so we don't have to like rush. That's true. I will narrow it down to one, and I'll let you guys choose. Okay. <clears throat> um. One. The first question: How far is too far in a relationship? Can I? Can I kiss? Can I hug? Before marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Number two: Can I drink? Which doesn't really apply to anyone. But which one would you guys rather discuss? Question number one or question number two? Number one. Number one? Okay. All right. So I would actually love to do a whole week over this, um, but I would have to do a few things before I, like, prepared that, of course. So, yeah, if this is something that you want to talk more about, I'm all for talking about this kind of stuff. It doesn't scare me. So ask it in the thing. Ask it in the questionnaire thing, and maybe we'll do a week over it. But I'll have to let parents know. That's wise. Because it's being wise. a good leader. Okay. Yes, yeah, and we won't, we won't go too in-depth in this question. How far is too far in a relationship? So we'll say, like, just, like, boundaries-wise. Um, say you really want to kiss your boyfriend. Um, why, why do you want to kiss your boyfriend? Because you like them. Because they're cute. <laughs> <laughs> He's so cute. <laughs> yeah. It's a natural thing, right? Why would you want to go farther in a relationship? Then Probably if you feel, like, really emotionally con- connected. Yeah. You want to, like, just feel more connected and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Connection. You show, like, you care for them. Yeah. You care. Yeah. Um, who hasn't read yet? Julia, could you read 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 8? And then um, I'll go back to Maddie. 1 Corinthians 6, 18. 6? Yes. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 8. What, 3, 18? 1 Corinthians 6, 18. Just 18. Just 18. Just one verse. Uh, Julia, are you there? Yeah. All right. Could you go ahead and read that for us? Uh, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you will know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, but we are, that no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we told you before. 
That was a big chunk. Thank you for doing that. Um, 1 Corinthians 6, 18. Flee sexual, sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the person who is sexually immoral sins against his own body. Awesome. All right, so what do these two verses say about how we should approach our relationships? What is it, like, Or what does the, the, these verses say about what God says? about our purity how does he hold it it's like something very like personal and just yes. like, like like cherish it i guess mm -hmm. and like care like it's kind of, it's kind of like hers is kind of like saying like take care of yourself like take mm -hmm. care of your body yeah yeah like protect yourself yeah protect yourself yeah why does god tell us like hey i really value purity i want you to protect yourself why would he say that Lots of different people interpret that in different ways, um, and we can always d dive more into what that means. Um, but as you guys enter relationships or navigate what it means to be pure, I just want you to remember that that statement, flee sexual immorality, and maybe dig a little deeper as to why that is a command. Because um, it's bigger than it's bad for you. God has our best interests in mind. Um, will Doing this harm me or another person? We said earlier that like everybody has struggles with different stuff. So sometimes like if if someone's in a room by themselves with their boyfriend, it's hard for them to not like mm -hmm. want to do stuff with them. Like if that because that's a temptation to them. But like if I'm in a room with, I mean I don't have a boyfriend right now. But if I did have a boyfriend and I was just in a room with them alone, it would be easy for me not to do stuff. Yeah. But sometimes it's a lot harder for other people. So like, if you if you're like putting yourself in a place where like you know that it's gonna tempt you, then it will be harmful for you because yeah. it's gonna be hard not to do like yeah. what you know is wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like the other person, like your boyfriend, it might be hard for him too. Yeah, yeah, so, like, exactly. Loving him enough to say, let's go out to dinner instead. This <laughs> 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 food's good. <laughs> yeah, any other thoughts on how it could harm you or another person? I think it could harm your future spouse, like your mm -hmm. future husband and yeah. future wife. saying that if you step too far that there's not right yeah. yeah yeah I know exactly what you're saying and it it's it's weird because it's like this kind of sin like if I lie to my mom when I'm five like it's not really gonna affect my husband right. but if I go too far with my boyfriend it might it's going to hurt him when I tell him that not saying that he's not going to forgive and love me 
and God has not forgiven and still loves me, but there are consequences for our sin, and yeah. they impact people in different ways. Yeah. yeah. Was that kind of what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> um, will it hinder another or hinder my witness? Yeah. If, like, you have friends that know of what you did, like, they'll be, they'll be able to see, like, oh, I heard that girl was a Christian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that's how Christians acted. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, if she's just acting like everyone else, then what's so special about Jesus? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, would Jesus do this? Jesus didn't even have a girlfriend. I don't need that. Um, and will it glorify God? No. Unless it is within the context of marriage, it's probably not I was really about fun. to say, outside of marriage, no. No. Inside marriage, yes. Yeah. So that's that question. Again, I didn't want to go too in-depth because just out of respect for where you guys are at. But, Yeah. Those are three gray area questions. I hope that these helped you and gave you a guide. Um, I kind of just want to leave you with um, that we don't live in legalism, right? We're not working for our faith tirelessly. We live in grace and freedom, um, and that compels us to want to answer these questions in a way that best glorifies God, right? And Jesus is our model, um, and the Holy Spirit will guide you through every question that you have. And never be afraid to turn to the Word. Do you have any questions or comments before we wrap up and head out? Were these questions helpful? Yeah. All right. Well, let me pray for us, and then we can head on out. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this morning um, that we're able just to discuss things um, about you and about your word. Lord, thank you for giving us your word. You didn't have to. um, You didn't have to give us a guide in order to help us know you better and to answer these questions in our life. But you did, Lord, and we thank you and praise you for that. Help us never take it for granted. I just pray for each one of these women. Would you give them a deep desire to know you more and to read your word this week? Um, Would they just crave it, God? Um, And would they grow in knowledge and love of you? Um, Lord, we want to do your will, and it's not always easy when we live in a culture that um, is so sinful and so blind to truth. Would you help us stand out? in this generation and be lights for you and to live boldly. Um, Lord, we need your help in order to navigate that. Um, We love you, Lord, and we want to serve you. In your name I pray. Amen. Hey guys, that is all for this week's Coffee and Conversations. Thank you for listening in and taking the time to just see what's going on here at Village on Saturday mornings. Um, Continue to submit your questions on our anonymous question form. It is so helpful to me. Uh, It gives me a guide on what to prepare for every week. Um, And it's just also really interesting to see what you guys are thinking about, struggling with, and wrestling with. So yeah, I want to just leave you with the hope that the Word of God will be able to help you answer any of those gray area questions in your life, and that the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you is going to guide you. Um, I hope that you have a great week, and I'll see you here next Saturday.